Let's jump into the word this morning. Father, we thank you so much for your living word. Father, you said in your word that you are watching over it to perform it in our lives. And we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise in advance for the word that takes place. The seed that is being sown in our hearts. Father, we thank you that it's there to produce results in our lives. So Father, we just declare as it is in heaven, so it is in earth. And we give you the glory. We give you the praise. Father, we also thank you for our nation. We thank just this weekend what we've been celebrating, what you've established from before the foundation of the world, this nation called Canada. Father, we thank you that you will have dominion over it from sea to sea, and we thank you for our leaders. We pray over our government officials, those that are elected in office. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus over them. We thank you for counsel, godly wisdom, and godly counsel that continues to go forth. And just, Father, we thank you for the church's voice being bold and loud in these last days. And we give you glory for it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's, if you got your Bibles, I want you to go to Romans chapter five and we're going to just quickly lay a foundation. Jamie and that girl can preach. And I thought, man, I guess I'll just, I guess I'll just live in Manitoba. This is found a home away from home. It's just wonderful. Kylie, you did such a great job on your testimony. Thank you for sharing that. Just wonderful. I love our church family. Can you just look at your neighbor and say, I love you? And if you feel creepy about it, then look at the person in front of you. I love you. I love you. Some of you are like, oh, that's just weird. It's the agape kind of love. It's, it's, a, it's a God kind of love that we have for one another. Do we not? All right. Okay. Just making sure. So, you know, over the course of this time, just this, there's this phrase that we heard a couple of weeks ago in uh, one of our services, and it was... Again, not kind of a, a monumental service or kind of a, here's the, the threshold word for you as a church that you're going into. And I want to take a moment to actually share that on Tuesday a little bit. Just some of the words that were spoken to us as a church family a couple weeks ago. But as we crossed this threshold, just this word that came to us was uh, learning how to become good spirits. And what does that mean? It's not some weird, some spirit out there. You are a spirit being. And we took considerable time over this last year to really lay a strong foundation on grace because there is no other foundation that you want your life to be built on other than the grace, the kindness, the favor of our God. You know, the Bible tells in Hebrews 13, 9, that it is good that the heart be established in grace. So if it's not established in grace, I would question, well, what are you established in? Is it religious duty? Is it the law? Is it, well, this is what my church says. That's what I'm rooted in. It's got to be rooted in what the word of God calls the grace of God. This message of grace that Paul, the apostle Paul, that was hand delivered from the Lord himself, this message and proclaim it 2000 years later, we're still impacted by the same gospel that we call grace. Come on, shout it with me. Grace! 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 That's the good news that we proclaim. You know, the gospel, again, is not something that God will do for you one day. The gospel isn't God wants to help you out once in a while. The gospel is that God has already helped you in Christ Jesus. He's already done the work. So the Christian mindset, it has to shift from, God, I need you. I need you to do. I need you to do something. I need you to help me. I need you to operate. The good news is, God has already said yes, and he's already done the work through Christ. So now the believer's stance is changing from this, I need, I need, I need, I need, to this place of, I receive, I already got it. Father, thank you for what you've done in my life. And so it's a mind shift that is taking place. 
And I want you to just to see again real quickly what your faith or your dependency upon God has done. It has transferred God's righteousness to us. And now because we have been declared righteous, he now looks at you and I and he says, flawless. So look, just say over yourself, self, flawless. Oh, yeah, but you don't know what I did. It's not about what you did. It's about what Jesus has already done. And you now have to shift your thinking to go, I'm acting this way to going, this is what Jesus has done for me. I believe this sacrifice more than what I did last night. He declares us flawless in his eyes. This means that we can now enjoy true lasting peace with God. All because why? What Jesus has done for us. So why can I enjoy a lasting relationship with God? Because of what Jesus has done for me. See, the quicker that you realize this, uh, I only enjoy my relationship with God because I've done good. I've been a good person recently. So I just, I feel so much better about this. It has nothing to do with how you feel. It's got everything to do to get your mindset and your eyes fixed on, look to the lamb. See, the Savior, the wonderful God who actually came and took upon himself all of our shame, our guilt, our stains. He took it off of us so that we could actually enjoy a relationship with God. Then verse 2, he says, our faith, or my again, my dependency upon who? Do we have to do grace all over again? Because <laughs> until Jesus comes back, we got a lot of time to keep preaching this gospel. Our faith, or our dependency upon God... It guarantees us a permanent access into this marvelous kindness. And again, that word kindness is charis, which is grace. So you have permanent access into this marvelous grace. And this grace, look what it gave you. A perfect relationship with God. What gave you a perfect relationship? Your behavior? No. Grace gave it to you. So what's our response? Thank you. That's the heaven to earth lingo. It's grace says, here you go. My love freely gives. And our response simply is, thank you. Don't add anything to the equation. Don't add anything to this beautiful message he gave you. Here it is. Our response is, thank you. So now what incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating the hope of experiencing God's glory. Now, as we already said, we got to change our mindset because what has happened in this new covenant, we have Jesus who is now the high priest of this new covenant that's got way better promises to it. So I don't know about you, but I want to, I want to get to know my covenant. What's the agreement that Jesus and the father have? And I just simply become an heir of what he did. I got to know this thing. And that's what we took a lot of time talking about to find out what grace has already provided for you. So you simply just partake of what he did. It's rather than I'm trying to get God to do, it's just simply, I receive it, Lord. Thank you. And it just takes you off this striving treadmill of trying to get, and Christianity is working, working. How are things going? I'm just, I'm just bombarding the gates of heaven. Why? They're open. Walk in. <laughs> anyway. So again, to lay this foundation, I want you to see what did Jesus come to do? What was his focus? John 3, 1 through 6, I love these verses. It says, there was a prominent religious leader among the Jews named Nicodemus, who was part of the sect called Pharisee, the Pharisees and a member of the Jewish ruling council. Now, Nicodemus was a really smart guy, right? I mean, to be part of this, this 
group, you've had to memorize Genesis through Deuteronomy, uh, you know, Leviticus 3 verse 4. Yeah, bam, they would quote it. Like they had this law understood, they memorized it. Okay, so now he's coming sneakily at nighttime because he doesn't want the other Pharisees to see what he's doing, to actually visit Jesus because they don't like him. So I'm going to go at nighttime to check him out. Hey, Jesus, can I come in for a sec? And what's this whole thing? So one night, discreetly, he came to Jesus and said, Master, I don't want any Pharisees to know I'm here. Jesus said, no problem, Nicodemus is here. No, I'm just <laughs> Master, we know that you are a teacher from God for no one performs the miracle signs that you do unless God's power is with them. So they're seeing something. That's not, yeah, Jesus is teaching, but he's also demonstrating what he's teaching. Then verse three, Jesus answered. He said, Nicodemus, listen to this truth. Before a person can perceive God's kingdom realm, now I mean, no, that's kingdom realm. Is that a seen or an unseen thing? It's an unseen and it can come into the scene, but it originates first in the unseen. Before you can perceive it, they must first experience a rebirth. Say with me, rebirth. rebirth. So a rebirth has to take place. Nicodemus, again, real smart, brilliant guy. Now looks kind of stupid in this situation. Verse four, he says, a rebirth. How can a gray-haired man go back into his mother's womb? There's no way. So Jesus, let me help you out again. I'm gonna speak another eternal truth for you. Verse five, I, uh, unless you are born of water, the womb, and the spirit, you will never enter God's kingdom realm. Now, another paraphrase says it like this. You have to get this. You have to get this. Unless someone is born out of water and the spirit, there would be no possible connection with the realm of God. So there's no connection taking place until a rebirth happens. Once a rebirth happens though, what? What am I now connected to? I'm connected to the kingdom realm. So how does this rebirth happen? Yo, this is our message, yo. What's our, how do we get this rebirth taking place? If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you shall be saved. Sozo, eternal life given to you. So this is what he's saying, you gotta get this. Because the moment a rebirth takes place through the acknowledgement of what Jesus has done as a sacrifice, a rebirth took place. And now you are qualified to not only perceive it, but to operate in God's kingdom realm. This is good news. Verse six, the natural can only give birth to natural things, but the spiritual realm gives birth to supernatural life. So what is Jesus saying here? He's saying there is no direct connection between the two. There's no direct connection between the spirit and the flesh. They don't mingle. There's no connection saying it like this, is that you cannot contact your spirit through your emotions or through the physical body. You can't contact it. I can't try to contact my spirit. My spirit can come out and affect my soul and it can affect my, my body, but 
Those two do not go hand in hand. I, we got to get this. Now he goes on to say, if you don't understand what uh, that spiritual reality can't be felt, then you'll be confused when God's word declares that you have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Or if you think that truth can be discerned through your soul or the natural senses, you'll be scratching your head when Jesus says the old is gone, the fresh and the new has come and the same work that I do, you're going to do also. How? It's not physically understood. You can't grab that with the natural and go, well, Jesus walked on water. Anybody try walking on water just recently? I can barely walk on water in my own bathtub and I just, I just sink. So if you try looking at it from a natural, it doesn't work. So that's why Jesus is saying we've got to be spiritually minded in these things. Now, what did Jesus do? What did he come to accomplish? Jesus, through the cross, created a spiritual womb for all mankind to go through and experience a rebirth. That's the whole point of the cross because it talks about it is a very narrow gate for people to get into. What is it? It's there's one womb. What is it? It's Jesus is the only way to the Father. And you go through the cross. And once you've gone through, you go, there's a whole new reality out here. Woo, it's fun out here. And you start now, God has given you the eyes to see and the ears to hear what's taking place in God's kingdom realm. Where is that taking place? In my spirit. So what did Jesus come to do? He made me alive. Not just physically. Thank God I'm physically alive right now. But we're talking about something even greater than just natural. He's talking about a spiritual life. Say it, I'm alive. This has got to rock your world in the greatest way because you aren't spiritually dead anymore. You once were, but no longer because you've embraced Jesus. You took hold of his sacrifice. You heard his word and said, I believe it. And the moment you did that, a spiritual birth took place and you are no longer that old dead sin nature anymore. The fresh and the new has come and you got fresh ears, fresh eyes to see. You can connect with God that you never once were or could before. Now look at this in Ephesians chapter two. It says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and many sins. Anybody remember those days? Yeah, <laughs> yeah come on now. Verse two. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world. Who did they obey? The devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts. Excuse me, in the hearts. Where is the devil operating? He's working in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way. Following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature by our very nature. Say with me, nature. Where is this taking place? It takes place in the nature. Oh, I can't believe sinners sin. It's the nature. Stop sinning. No, you have to change the nature. And that's what God is trying to get a lot of his children to do. Realize your new nature. You're not that anymore. You're not an ex 
you fill in the blank. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's your nature, but I don't feel it. It has nothing to do with feelings. It's got everything to do with spiritual reality, and God's given you eyes and ears. If you've accepted Jesus, you have eyes and ears to see and know this new reality. You're qualified for it. You got Jesus, he'll, give, he'll show you the kingdom. The Bible actually says if he gave you Jesus, wouldn't he give you anything else? Yeah, I want eyes to see. And you can actually see the Apostle Paul prayed the Ephesians prayer for not just one or two people, for the entire church that the, we would have eyes that could see and understand him. Because when you get a glimpse of who he is, you actually get a glimpse of who you are. You're in him. So he says, all of us used to live that way. By our very nature, we are subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Verse four, I love this verse. Come on, shout out the first two words with me. But God, come on one more time. But God, one more time. But God, but God what? Is so rich. Didn't say he's got a little bit. He is so rich in mercy and in grace, and he loved you and I so much. You should read the Bible with me sometime. That's how I actually read it. I don't just, so, he loved me so. No, I see like 15 O's after the S. That even though we were dead because of our sins, what did he do? He gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead, It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. And then what did he do? He didn't just raise us up. And then he says, now I want you to sit in heavenly places because of your unity with Jesus Christ, your Lord. So he didn't just, you know, get you up here and just say, okay, now you're alive on the earth. He said, now I'm going to put you in the highest spot possible beside your older brother, Jesus Christ himself. Why would he do that? Oh, verse seven. Why? So God can point to us. In all future ages to be what? An example. God wants to make an example out of you. Of what? Of the incredible. Wait a minute, the Bible uses these words. You gotta like zone in on some of that. The incredible wealth of his grace and his kindness towards us as shown in all that he's done for us who are united in Jesus Christ. So what's he wanna do? He wants to show the rest of future creation that's gonna take place. These are my favored children. I love them dearly. Look what I've poured out on them. Look at who they, where they sit. Look who they're connected to. Look at all as heirs of mine. Look at all that they have and all that they are. And people go, oh, wow, man, you're part of the church? I am. Man, you are blessed. Yeah, I'm favored. Woo, and you can get excited about that. Don't just wait to heaven. It starts now. <laughs> all right, so with all this goodness happening, We, I'm alive in my spirit. We've got to learn how to be good spirits. How do I do that? Number one is just, we're going to just take some time on this. Learn to be spirit conscious. Are you spirit conscious? Are you realizing that you are a spirit? You're not a body and you're not a soul. A lot of the world just thinks out there that you are just a soul and a body. No, no, no. You are a spirit. Why? Because God is spirit and anything he creates, it's spirit. I'm talking about mankind. I'm not talking about animals. They don't have spirits. Just so we're clear on that because you can't fellowship with a dog like you can fellowship with me. 
You can't take a dog for coffee and say, I had such a wonderful time with you, Pebbles. It was so great. Thank you so much. You could try it. People probably do, and you do you, but that's a little weird. Why? Because the dog can't love me the way that my wife can love me. (laughs) Moving right along then. That's a... I feel some toes being, don't do that. Okay. All right. So learning to be spirit conscious, I want you to see this again. Proverbs 20, 27. It says the spirit of a man. Say with me. The spirit of a man. The spirit of a man. The spirit of a man. Come on, y'all. The spirit of a man. Why do we keep re-talking about this? We got to get it inside of us. Oh, I've heard that verse before. Great, hear it again and again because faith comes by hearing until it starts to dawn on you. Oh, I'm a spirit being. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord searching all the inner depths of his heart. So the spirit of man, again, the part of you and I that Jesus rebirthed is where God is going to guide, enlighten, speak, and lead me through. Where is God going to speak? Oh, I'm just looking for a sign. That is not how God is going to lead you and I. Signs follow the word. First, we always look for a word. Signs follow the word. What's the word you got? Well, I got seven red cars that passed by this morning. Woo, and I know that's the girl I'm supposed to marry. There is a devil that is active on this earth too. And he could have easily passed seven red cards and said, now you're going to marry my sister. Don't do that. (laughs) It's not worth it. So what do we got to do? It's the spirit of man that leads you and I inside. God is leading us inside. So I have to be God minded, spirit conscious. God is not talking, guiding or enlightening me through my soul or my flesh. What? The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. My spirit is the lamp of the Lord. Another verse I want you to see is 1 Thessalonians 5. It says, now may the God of peace, he sets you apart. Who's going to do this? The God of peace is going to do this. Making you completely holy. And may your entire being, what is your entire being? Spirit, soul, body be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Now we know Jesus purchased all of you. God purchased all of you, but he is going to work directly with your reborn human spirit. That's how he's going to communicate. That's how he's going to fellowship. That's how he's going to guide and instruct, tell you where to go, tell you where not to go. It's not based off, well, they're going to give me a dollar raise if I go up to Edmonton. That is not a leading Oh, I believe God's just opening doors. Is he? Or is that just, hey, there's an open door. Somebody gave you a $5,000 a month opportunity. I got to make $5,000 more a month. Did the Lord tell you? Do you have the word on the inside? Well, no, but it's going to be so better for my family. No, it's not. No, it's not. Sometimes we think, well, yeah, I'm going to get the house. I'm going to finally get that car. going to get that motorbike because my wife can say something. Once I have that job, she said, I can have it. 
It's going to be better for my family. No, it's not. The perfect will of God is where you want to be. And that's where your family will be blessed. Yeah, but you don't understand. There's the money's attached to it. There's so many opportunities. That is not the leading. What am I looking for? I'm looking for the peace of God. Lord, is this move for me? Is this something that's good for me and my family? You may hear, yeah, or you may hear, don't go. And people have gone anyways and come back going divorced, going lost everything. Follow the Lord. I can't believe God let this happen. He didn't. He's trying to instruct you, stay. But the opportunity was so loud and you quieted the spirit of God inside. No, 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 no. What's that? Oh, opportunity. What are you going to get me? Oh, a green car? Yes, I'll be right there. And we're just so ready for these opportunities thinking, well, surely God's ready to do that. Check the inside first. Always check the inside. Can you trust that? Yeah, because your spirit is divinely connected to the Holy Spirit. So you're never going to get false information from getting led on the inside. Now, how does becoming spiritually conscious help me in life? Well, really, when you become spirit conscious, you become Lord conscious of his ways. And a lot of times we have natural problems. We got soulish problems and we try to fix soul or natural problems with soul and natural solutions. Does that work? Now, of course, there may be things that are, you know, temporary fixes. I'm not going against any of that. But when you start out on the word, you start out on the answer. Remember, because where did everything that we can see come from? It came from an unseen source. This world (laughs) that we can now see was once just a vision inside of God until he spoke it into existence. Genesis 1. Let there be light. Boom. And there it is. Let there be a firmament. Let there be mountains. Let there be a duck. Boom. And all of a sudden, there it is. So everything we can see comes from what we can't see. So when you start to be spirit conscious, you're actually starting at the highest level possible. Rather than trying to fix. I mean, you even see that in the, in the political world. They're trying to fix natural problems with natural things. And they just get confused. Do we not have confusion rampant in the world today? We'll leave that right there for your imagination. Now, the Bible has a lot to say again. I'm going to just briefly take about five minutes on this. But the inner man and the outer man, there is a vast difference between the two. And we spend so much time catering the outer man. Why? There's nothing wrong with taking good care of it. This is the temple that God lives in. We want to take care of it. We want to last long, right? Don't want anybody dying early. Okay, okay. Just making sure. (laughs) Don't nudge your neighbor. Just... 2 Corinthians 4.16, he says this, our outer self, say with me, outer self, the outer man is progressively wasting away. Since the last time I saw some of you, you got two weeks older. (laughs) I did too. (laughs) Yet your inner man, what does he say? It is renewed day by day, 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 by day. Every morning, when you wake up tomorrow morning, July 3rd, guess what? Your spirit is renewed. It never gets old. God isn't sitting up in heaven, just really old guy. I actually, I think God is quite young. He's vibrant. He's, he's renewed day by day. He's God. He's the source of it all. 
So I shouldn't say he got renewed. He's, he's perfect in all of his ways. He doesn't need renewing. Our spirits are getting renewed day by day. Just so I'm clear on that. So the inner man never grows old, doesn't decay or age. But the outer man is in the aging process. It is wasting away. <laughs> Isn't that good news? What did you learn today? Well, I'm wasting away. I'm, I, this is something we talk to our kids. Your life, James talks about, is but a mist. I just, to help them understand, your life is like a fart. Here you are. You make your mark and then it vanishes away. It's like, Lord, help me bring clarity to my sons in this. Ah, let's talk 10-year-old language. Son, your life is but a fart. Use it well because one day it's just vapor and it's gone. Killing our planet somehow, but don't do it. And then if you continue reading, go into 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm not going to read it. But it says that the inner man has the ability to see the unseen and it can access eternal life that is found in Jesus. While the outer man is called a tent or, and it's made from this world's ingredients, which is dirt. The outer man is a house for our spirit. While I am in this house, I am not present with the Lord. Right? We're here. The outer man one day is going to be swallowed up by life. Look at this in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. And 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart, one believes. Let's say that three times. With the heart, one believes. With the heart, one believes. With the heart, one believes. So he's not talking about this dun 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 heart. It's talking about the core of who you are, your inner man. You believe God with the inner man. How do you know you're saved? Anybody know that they're on their way to heaven? If you were to die right now, you're going to heaven. How do you know that? How do you know that for sure? You, you believe that? Where do you believe it? Is it belief up here? No, it's a belief on the inside. I know. I know that I know that I know. Where's that knowing? It's a belief on the inside. I know it. Well, that's how we got into the kingdom. That's how we were birthed into it. That's how we live inside of this kingdom is by this knowing. And where does the knowing come? It comes from listening and hearing this word over and over and over again until you drill that belief system inside of you. Go, I know this to be true. And that is what the Bible calls faith. And Jesus marvels at it. Now you think someone who created the entire world what does he marvel? What does he get excited about? I mean, you think about it. You can create anything. He marveled at faith. So I want to get so stirred on the inside of me that I got this belief system that it causes him to go, ooh, I like that. Yeah, let's, let's get going on some of that. He can work with it. But I want you to see here, it is with the inner man that I believe and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Your natural self did not do anything in order to get saved. And that's what religion's all about. It's about behaving a certain way from an external point so I can receive something from God. But everything with God is inside out. That's the point he's trying to get here. And look at this in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. The apostle Paul says, he said, I train like a champion athlete. I subdue what? My body. I subdue my body. That's weird. Unless we understand who's the I that he's talking about. What's the I? It's the spirit. My spirit subdues what? 
my body. And I get my body under control. Anybody have a hard time getting up this morning? Four of you. Man, you guys are just up at five and praying. I knew we had a godly church. <laughs> but some, why is it hard sometimes to get up? What part of you is talking? The flesh, the outer man. I'm just so tired. I just need more sleep. But it's supposed to say, my spirit is supposed to dominate the outer man. So I don't know about you, but my outer man has been making way too many calls in my life. I don't like this. I just, I'm so tired. I can't do anything. Stop it. Body, you're supposed to speak to this thing. Body, that's not how this is going to work. You get up. Body, let's open our Bible. Oh, I just don't feel like it. What's doing all that talking? Your spirit is raring to go. What's fighting against it? It's this flesh. But one day you'll never have that fight again. In fact, one day you'll never sleep again. <gasps> How am I going to survive? You are going to be just fine. <laughs> Not going to get into that. Now, why is it then that my outer man or my flesh seems to be in control? There's one of two reasons. Number one is this. I may not be aware that I'm a spirit being. See, if you didn't know that you had a dog and somebody asked if you fed your dog, you'd go, what are you talking about? Yeah, there's a dog in your backyard. You're not feeding that thing? Oh my, there's a dog back there. If you're just so ignorant that you even have a dog in your backyard, you're not going to feed it. So sometimes people are just clueless to the idea that they don't even have a dog. Now in this case, are you aware that you are a spirit being? Okay, well, how come my flesh still seems so strong? And I know that I'm a spirit being. It's because you're not feeding it. <laughs> Very, I know that was so deep, right? Write that down, tweet that, Joel Housing. That was so deep. <laughs> it's because we're not taking time to feed that spirit. We feed the outer man regularly. Anybody remember the last time that you were hungry? And I'm not talking about just a snack. I'm talking about hungry. We will do everything in our power to make sure we are not hungry. I just had a meal and I'll five minutes later go, hmm, I could go for a snack. Yeah, I could probably eat something. Your flesh can go, go, go. And when you're hungry, what's screaming? Your flesh, your stomach is going to go. What's wrong with you? Feed me. It's going to start talking back. Your spirit won't do that. Your spirit is so quiet. And it'll just. So there's a few things that we have to be aware of as we jump into this. The reminders talking about your spirit is that your spirit is not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> say it. I am not the Holy Spirit. Now for the spouse, your spouse has to say this. I am not <laughs> the Holy Spirit. My spirit is not the Holy Spirit. My inner man can be strong or it can be weak. Now listen, in my spirit, I have been given everything that, belong, that heaven could offer me. I, I have possession of it all, but I could be ignorant of it or clueless of it depending on if I'm developing it or not. Right? Now the same way as the human spirit is limited and it can leak. 
That's why you see in Ephesians 5, 18, where it says, be being filled by the spirit of God. It says, don't be drunk with wine. We're in his excess because that will ruin your life. But instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. And actually, if you look at it in the Greek, it's the continuous state where you are constantly being filled and filled and filled and filled. You see it in Acts chapter two, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues. Two chapters later, they come into prayer again and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began magnifying and praising God. So how come there must need to be a filling from Acts chapter 2 to Acts chapter 4? Then you see it again later on there. They're constantly getting refilled. Why? Because this spirit is limited. But this spirit is connected to the limitless one and he will give me his strength. He will put into me his ability to take on and to do certain tasks. But it's my job to take care of my spirit. Because you heard some people say like, oh, I can't believe that so-and-so. You can think of whatever you want to think of. I can't believe they ran off with that money. I can't believe that they did this. And they're spirit-filled Christians. No, they weren't. There's no such thing as a spirit-filled Christian who goes and does something crazy and ludicrous like that. It's impossible. Why? Because you're saying that the spirit of God led you to do that. He wouldn't do that. I'm preaching real common sense this morning. Is this, is this clear? But that's why we get it so caught up. Well, I can't believe pastor so-and-so, he did that and he ran off with, a, with some, some lady. I, I can't believe that happened. They were spirit-filled. No, they weren't. <laughs> All right, moving right along then. So this is the part we have to take. My spirit is my responsibility. Can we say that? My spirit is my responsibility. We know that from a natural state, I can't work out for Dave and Dave can't work out for me. I wish he could, that if he just went to the gym, all of a sudden I'm laying on the couch eating, you know, my, my favorite ice cream. I'm just working that down. Dave starts working out and I'm going, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, go Dave, wherever you are, go Dave. We know that doesn't work, but it's the same spiritually. I can't be on my knees and in prayer and all of a sudden that's going to take over and help Dave out. I can pray for Dave and I'd bring my supply of strength. Absolutely. But his spirit is his responsibility. My spirit is my responsibility. <laughs> All right. So look at this in Proverbs 25, 28. It says, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. So just look at this picture here for a sec. From a natural perspective, if you are ready to charge, if we were just a mighty army from Red Deer, and this is taking place in Black Falls, and we're like, oh, those Black Falls people, we're going to take them city down. And we walk up to the city, we don't see Jericho's walls, we see walls that look like this. We're going to go, sweet. Let's just go kick it down, you know, throw a few grenades in there, done. Because it's vulnerable, it's open to any kind of attack. Well, the same now, the Bible's relating that to our spirits. If I don't have rule, if I'm not taking ownership of my spirit, it's going to be like this city with rundown walls. And sometimes spiritually, this is what people look like and they go, I, the devil's just constantly after me. Well, yeah, you got an opening here, here, here. Climb this wall over there. I could just catapult and jump over here. There is so many openings to this wall. So what do I got to do? I got to take ownership of my spirit. Let's build this thing up. 
Let's get the word. Let's start feeding it again to start closing all these traps that get access to my soul. I'm just depressed again. Oh, God, can you just help me? He's going, feed your spirit. Feed it. Strengthen it. You got the spirit of God inside of you. And we think the devil is so big. He's got nothing. He looks for loopholes. That's all he's got. The Bible says, as a roaring lion, he looks to whom he may devour. As one. He is not one. He goes like one. He's just this Siamese cat meowing around, looking, thinking that this roar is so dangerous and boisterous. And if you heard it in the spirit, it's meow, meow. But for you and I, we're going, we're hearing something like Mufasa would do. And we go, do you know why? That's what you look like spiritually. No wonder his little meow sounds like a roar to you is because our spirit has been left and we've developed as Christians. We are so smart. We got all the education you could imagine. I've gone to Bible school for 18 years and I know Leviticus and I know everything in Deuteronomy. Yet we haven't fed our spirits the word of God. This is how you feed it. So we've got to feed. And we're talking about as we go into this next season. I mean, you're part, you're all part of the family now. But there's going to be new members that are going to be coming to this family. We're thrilled and excited about. And they may not know some of these things. And it's not that, oh, we're better than you. We're here to help a city. We're here to reach a nation. We're here to reach a region. What do we do? We got to be built up spiritually. And it's not just so that the enemy doesn't have access. It's so God can continue to download things into you saying, hey, I need you to step out and do some of these things. And I don't want to look like this to God. Oh, God, don't ask me to do anything. Uh, you know, I, I can do that, but don't ask me to step out and do. I, I, I can't do that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me only in this area. So we've limited not only ourselves, but we've limited the holy one of holy God who's wanting to download, put some more things inside of you, say, hey, this is you got more gifts in you than you actually do. Some of you think, oh, this, this is just it. No, there is so much more in you. Some of you are preachers. Some of you are evangelists. Some of you got this call. I gotta just, I gotta get out there, lay hands on this. Do it. Well, I don't know if I really can. How do I get to that place? Build up yourselves in your inner man. This is where it belongs. Well, I'm just praying God for strength. Stop it. Praying for strength is really a waste of breath. Strength is a result of knowing who your God is. Those that know their God will be, and they'll do great exploits. So Christians, it's time to Christian up a little bit. Man, woman up a little bit. All right, thank you for your enthusiasm. Okay. So the word of God tells us over and over to guard or to watch over our spirit. Now, even as parents, Jamie and I, we are right now the stewards of the four children we have. They're not quite at this place as we're, we're training them that your spirit is your responsibility. You have, a, you have a relationship with the Lord. You don't have a relationship with the Lord because of me. You have one. So I, we are in this place. We are guarding our home. We're guarding what they're watching. We're guarding what they're hearing. We're guarding where they're going. Because our job is to protect these little spirits that we have with us right at this moment. And so that till they go, okay, I got a relationship with God. It's supposed to be a handoff. Okay, buddy, this, this is, he's the God of John and Ingrid housing. He's the God of Joel and Jamie. But he's also now the God of Jace. Here, take this. This is your relationship with him. Let's go build up that spirit. Come on, let's build it up, son. You strong boy. Come on, you can do this. Yeah, I can. Yes, you can. Amen. <laughs> but look at this. In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, the apostle Paul, 
You guys doing okay? Because I'm sweating. This is a, I feel like I'm glistening out there for y'all. This is a white shirt. <laughs> but notice the first five words. It says, therefore, take heed to yourselves. Say with me, take heed unto yourself. So before you can look after anybody else, you got to take heed unto yourself. If you're constantly giving, 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 and there's no intake coming in, you're actually starving yourself spiritually. And people go, I'm just burnt out. I'm just exhausted. So let me warn you and caution you, take heed unto yourself. This is Paul's instruction to the church and to all the flock among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Then Paul gave this advice to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 16. He said, take heed. Say to me, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine or the teaching. Continue in it. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So (laughs) I tell you, man, people think that, oh, you know, church, they just want to control me. No, we don't. This is a full-time job to look after my own heart to make sure it's right. (laughs) (laughs) Look at this in the Passion. It says it like this. Give careful attention to your spiritual life and every every cherished truth you teach. For living what you preach, for living what you preach, for living what you preach. Come on, let's say that. For living what you preach, for living what you preach will then release even more abundant life inside of you and to all those who listen to you. So this is crucial. Live what you teach. How? Take heed to yourself. Take care of yourself. Take some time for spiritual development, for spiritual care, for growth on the inside. It's great that we go to the gym. You see that later on in this chapter. Physical training is good. It's good to get ripped physically. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But he says, don't neglect your spiritual life. Because it's got benefits both now and for the next. And then in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 23... Solomon says like this, listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until what? So it's not these words aren't just supposed to come in. Dong, 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 dong. I'm hearing, I'm hearing, I'm hearing. And it just stays there. You're supposed to get it so deep until it penetrates deep inside of your spirit in my heart, then as my words are being unwrapped, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. See, so much of the time we're just looking, oh Lord, just heal me, just heal me. And that's, that's good. God totally heals the physical body. Yes, he restores the soul. But if we're doing it, neglecting and forgetting, to, it all originates from the spirit, we're kidding ourselves. You're only setting yourself up for disaster. Like Kyla's testimony last week that she shared, it was things that were taking place inside of her. Not just, okay, God, just slap a bandaid on it. Okay, everything's good for another week. No, we gotta get this living inside of us, getting it, deep and penetrated deep inside of us so that anytime the enemy, because a lot of times he operates in the counterattack. Oh, I got my healing. I got my healing. And we just kind of go on and we forget to continually feed our spirits. And then when the counterattack comes and we go, oh, that symptom's back. I thought it was taken care of. I thought everything was good. I thought prayer worked and it doesn't. I know it's funny, but I actually have conversations with people like this on a regular basis. 
How come it's not working? Are you feeding your spirit? Well, no, I just need you to pray for me. My prayer won't do anything for you. Are you saying prayer doesn't work? That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying is, hey, we can just continue to slap all the way along. But what are you actually proving to your own self and those around you? Prayer's not working. And it's because your spirit's got holes all over it. And we're trying to go, God, just heal my body. And he's going, let's get you strong on the inside. Let's get you strong. Let's get you fed. Let's get you hearing the words of my grace, the words of my love, of what I've done in you until it gets so deep in you that anytime the enemy pokes his head up, rather than you being terrified by a roar, you start roaring back with the word. He's supposed to be scared of you. Continuing on. So above all, guard the affections of your heart for they affect all that you are. (laughs) Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. Why? For from there, from where? My spirit, my innermost being flows life. Life flows from here. We think life is coming at us. Life is flowing from us. Good or bad, what's taking place on the inside? This is, I know, not the, you know, the sexy message where everybody runs around, you, 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 but this will save your life. When we start taking ownership, my spirit is my responsibility. I'm done the devil taking over my thought life. I'm done with the devil doing things in my body. I'm done with the devil in my household. Where do I begin? It begins on the inside. Start feeding that inner man. How could Jesus walk the three and a half years untouchable? He spent 30 years in preparation for three and a half years of successful ministry. Oh man, what makes me think that I could just slap a prayer on the day and go, God bless it, thank you, amen, and move on with my day. And Jesus woke up at two, three o'clock in the morning, spent all this time with the Father, and then he would spend minutes with people. We do the opposite. We spend minutes with God and hours counseling and trying to help people. Nothing wrong with helping, but where do do I got to get the help from? The source. So we'll get into this in future time, but I believe this too is a lot of spiritual development takes place in the secret place. It's done in secret. Anyways, I got two more verses here to show you and then I'll sit down. The perfect example of this is Daniel. I want you to see this Daniel chapter five. And now if you remember Daniel five, there was this hand that came and appeared in the king's court and this hand started writing on the walls. Could you imagine a party like that? Oh man, what, 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 what? They were freaked out. So when everybody's, oh, what is this hand? And it's got like signs on the wall. Now the queen or the mother, overhearing the exciting words of the king and his lords going like, what, what's going on? That's not King James, that's jewel housing. But they came into the banquet house. And again, the mother or the queen said, oh, king live forever. Do not be alarmed at your thoughts or let your cheerful expression and the color of your face be changed. So now he's getting a little ticked off because nobody can interpret what's being written. And we're talking about like the smartest guys in Babylon at that time. Verse 11, there is a man. Say with me, there is a man. In your kingdom, in whom the spirit of the holy God and in the days of your father, Uh, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods. What was it? It was found in him. There's a man in your kingdom 
And the spirit of the holy God is found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, the king, I say, your father, I think she's really trying to, don't hurt me, don't freak out. But your dad did this, appointed him master of the magicians, enchanters, and soothsayers, Chaldeans and um, astrologers, verse 12. Because an excellent spirit, say with me, an excellent spirit. And because he had this excellent spirit, knowledge and understanding to interpret dreams, clarify riddles, and solve naughty problems. (laughs) What was it? It was found, come on, say with me, it was found in this same Daniel. What kind of spirit? An excellent spirit was found in him. Wow. So now let Daniel be called and he will show you the interpretation. Verse 13, then Daniel was brought in before the king and the king said to Daniel, are you that Daniel of the children of the captivity of Judah whom the king my father brought out of Judah? I have heard you that the spirit of the holy God or gods is in you and that light and understanding and superior wisdom are found in you. And Daniel interpreted for him what was there. How could Daniel do that? What was found in him? There was an excellent spirit found in him. Yes, the spirit of God was on him, not in him, it was on him. But there was something about Daniel. You see over and over that he wanted to separate himself from the rest. He fellowship with God, it says, three times a day. He would spend in prayer and to get wisdom and direction, to get clarity from God. This is something that you, you don't just accidentally fall into. This is something that you strive for intentionally going, Lord, I want to have this excellent spirit inside of me as well. And last verse is Daniel 6, 3. It says, then this Daniel, he was distinguished above the presidents and the uh, satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. So this excellent spirit, what did it do? It opened up avenues for Daniel. Somebody, this king saw something, and what did it do? I see an excellent spirit. I'm going to make this guy in charge of the presidents, the magicians, all the astrologers. Give this guy rule and reign over them all. Did Daniel ask, can I have a promotion, please? I've been here for about 14 years now. You know, I've been here longer than that guy, so can I please get the job? It's not even about that. You'll be, I mean, there's some testimonies in here. You'll get promoted. You'll get access into higher levels because an excellent spirit is found in you. So when you read Proverbs 4.23 and all these verses together, rather than thinking life is coming to me, I'm just, I'm just hoping for, I just hope I get a, you know, a wage increase. I just hope that my life can be better. I just need things to be working. So rather than focusing on those things that the world is striving after and worried and concerned about, why don't you and I, we set our hearts to develop this excellent spirit inside of us by feeding it. We'll get into that next week by taking the time to feed the inner man so that God can do some work on the inside and people go, there's something different about you. What is that? Yeah. It's God. Amen. Yeah. I, I had that testimony even in my own soccer career. I had a, a couple of coaches with my dad. They go, there's something different about you. And at that time, they thought my dad was a rabbi. They thought I was a Jew. Yeah synagogue shalom shalom they said no I'm I'm not a Jew I'm not gonna prove it I'm not a Jew but he said this there's something different about you and what is it and then one guy actually said it's because God's on his team and my dad went that's right that's all that it was it's the the Lord 
Come on, say with me. It's the Lord. What's the difference? The Lord. Moses said this, what separates us from every other nation? It's your presence with us. And not only do we have God present with us, we have God inside of us. Come on, y'all. We got to take advantage of this. Talk about reaching a city, a region. That's not hard. When you got people who got this excellent spirit, who can see beyond just the natural, see beyond just the, I don't like this. They can go beyond that and they build their spirit up to see a higher thought to what God is wanting to do. That's what you and I are called to be. And that's what you and I are going to do in this city. We're going to do it in this region is we are here to impact generations for Jesus. How do we do that? By spending time with him. If we're the people, we want to reach people for him. We better know what him likes. That's for you, girl. <laughs> All right. Julian, you better come because I'll be, I'm, I'll better be finished. But I just want to encourage you, let's take time this week. Have you fed your spirit today? Feed that spirit. And it may go, I'm not really feeling anything. There's no feelings attached. Remember what Jesus said, the spirit and the flesh, they're not connected. What's taking place as you're praying in other tongues, as you're building yourself up on your most holy faith by praying in other tongues, reading the word, you are getting jacked spiritually. Before you know it, you'll start hearing and seeing things in your spirit and you go, I already saw that taking place. I saw myself laying hands. I saw myself saying this to my neighbor. I saw myself doing this. And you go, where did that all come from? You gotta, you're building up your inner man to start seeing how the kingdom wants to operate. Amen. So Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we ask that you continue to reveal your word in us and through us. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you gave us the greatest teacher, the greatest coach, the greatest strengthener, the greatest help that anybody could ever ask for. It is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we honor you inside of us and we thank you that you are ready to work and move with us according to the perfect will of God. We thank you for it, sir, in Jesus' name. Amen.